You know, we got to mess with the music and whatnot. Just getting fancier and fancier. And uh, it's appropriate because almost a year to the day, returning back to the show, we have Tyler Jacob Moore with us. You might know him from Shameless. You might know him from Barry. You might know him from Once Upon a Time. Woo! It's Tyler Jacob Moore. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm glad that I we previously discussed all those photos and they were all approved. I'm glad. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All, all from my personal collection. Right. <laughs> they were. <laughs> right. I don't know if the audience saw, but they were all signed at the bottom, you know, for dear Jason. <laughs> Love your work. Keep it up. All that. Great to have you back. Uh, it's been almost a year. I think in three more days, it, it will have been a year since you were on the show last. That is wild, isn't it? I couldn't believe that. I feel like time is, I don't know if it's moving too slow or too fast. It's a, like ever since the pandemic, it's yeah. a weird like time suck. I have no idea. Like that is crazy that it's been a year. I know, yeah. It, it's why we, it, I know we've done a lot in that time and I'm sure you Seriously. have. As well. well, probably less. My entire industry was shut down, but yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah we we did. I think the first thing I did during pandemic was an episode of Magnum PI. And then since then, I've done an episode of uh, Perry Mason, the, the second season. I don't know when that comes out, but it's great. Um, but yeah, and it, it's like the pandemic uh, sets, real weird thing. Real weird thing. Everything's Everybody's wearing hazmat suits. It's all crazy. Like the first, uh, the first one was the Magnum PI in Hawaii. And that was like, they tracked everything. They, you know, like they tracked where you were. They, everybody was wearing masks and big, you know, uh screens and like face shields all the time for everything putting like getting in hair makeup was crazy you just couldn't like like the hair makeup people were trying to like work around a mask and a shield and you know like it was wild so it was it it, it took an adjustment i think by by perry mason i i think people sort of figured it out and gotten a little easier but yeah. uh yeah it's a weird trip things are officially like starting to get back to normal here but all the protocols, at least for now, I think aren't up till the end of April. So for us, still like on sets and stuff, you still are wearing the full stuff and and masks on sets, and everybody's wearing the face shields and like it's and having to get tested and and you know show all your vax paperwork and whatever else. Yeah. So it's still kind of easy, but hopefully here by this summer, maybe things will be back to quasi normal. I hope. Well, that's I feel like that's a good place to springboard into this mental health question. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, with being an actor, uh, that being your bread and butter there, uh, yeah. how, how, how was your mental health affected with the pandemic and everything? I mean, your industry was greatly affected by it. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, I am regularly in therapy and I think everybody, if you can, you should be. I mean, a lot of it is a financial thing where you just can't, you know, a lot of people can't afford either the time or the money because it's expensive and it takes time. Um, but I, um, I was, I was my therapist at the beginning of it, or towards the end of it, actually, I think, asked me how I was doing. I think this is the end of like 2021, and I, I didn't know how to answer because it's like I don't, you know, like are you depressed? Are you whatever? It's like yeah, but isn't everybody like don't like, like I don't know how to gauge mental like your mental health when everybody's having such a wild, wacky moment because it's like I wasn't the only. I mean, the entertainment industry was the only one shut down. Like they basically. You know, outside of, you know, uh, a few industries, they basically like shut everybody down and businesses closed and it was crazy. Um, so I think it was weirdly, it wasn't as extreme of a time for me because I'm used to not working for months on end as an, as an actor. So it's like, you know, aside from the lack of auditions, which was weird, um, you know, that was weird. And it's weird still to this day. It's weird getting back into it um, just because now everything we never see anybody in person anymore. So, you know, I spent, you know, 12, 13 years getting good at like auditioning in person, going to casting offices, do like figuring that career out. And now that's gone. And now it's all about self-taping and doing stuff from home, which is a whole different thing. 
Um, you don't know the people. There's not a connection there. And so I would say like it was it, it's it's still to this day. I'm not totally um, I haven't totally adapted yet to the self tape thing. And we've been doing it for now a year and a half, probably at least. And I still haven't fully gotten where I would like to be at the quality of my auditions and things. And so that is a, that affects me a little bit, you know, mental health wise. There are days where I'm like, God, you know, I, I thought I had it figured out. I was just, you know, I had a lot of good um, things right before the pandemic. So like March, what was it? March, 2020. Is that when I think so, it started? Yeah. yeah. So like right about that time, there was a bunch of pilots that I was up for and going out for. And the year before I'd done really good work and felt really good about stuff and was kind of really, you know, uh, being software, not like egotistical, just very self-aware of like how, you know, being like, okay, I was doing good work and people were seeing it and acknowledging. It. And it's like, you have to do about 10 good auditions for a casting office for them to trust you and like, you know, bring you in and have you, you know, have you have a legitimate shot at things. And so I finally felt like, okay, I'm on the cusp of making that next step in my career and doing more serious regular things and lead things. And then the pandemic hit and everything shut down and it just changed everything. So I think to this day, I'm still not um, uh, not as wildly confident as I was, you know, two years ago. Um, so I think probably my, my confidence has taken a hit. Um, but I think that's just, yeah, I think that's just a side effect of the pandemic and all that stuff. So aside from aside from the general depressed feelings about industry shutdown and changes, uh, like the streaming, all the streaming stuff has just escalated extremely. Theater, like the the, the sadness about movies maybe going away, um, like that's a that's a hard thing, you know, when you're in just like because I have always preferred movies i've always preferred to go to the theater and see something on the big screen and do that stuff and now that model it's not dead but it's certainly it's 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 on death's door certainly for indie movies um like if you're not a disney marvel movie or if you're not a whatever like you just the the financial it doesn't add up yeah um, I, I saw um everything everywhere all at once the other day with, how was it? i haven't seen it yet it, it is incredible it's absolutely okay. but i was so happy at just how many people were in that theater for, for that movie. And it, cause it's such a, oh, wild, yeah. it's such a unique right. film and it is an indie movie, you know? And uh, right. I was so happy to see that many people there for a movie like that. It That's was, it great. Was, yeah. I, I mean, I think there still is, people still want to see great movies, like really well done, you know, good scripts and good, well acted and stuff. I just think it's financially, it's just harder to convince businesses to, to do that because you really, they really have to be great. Like the movies, like if you're going to make a movie that doesn't like, you can make a not so good sci-fi space epic and it'll still make money. If you make a bad indie, you know, you're gone, that, but that money's gone. So I get it from a business side, but it still makes it, it still is kind of sad, you know, and to think like, what, what will it look like in the future? Will movie theaters just be, will go the way of like opera houses? You know what I mean? Where like there's a few really ornate nice ones that are really expensive in cities, but like, you know, AMC, like the chains and the big like mall stuff, maybe that doesn't exist, you know, in 20, 30 years. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I worked at the movie theater at the end of last year. Okay. And what was it? What did, did you notice uh, less? I noticed more people were ready to come back. I mean, okay, that's good. Why was like people want to see things in the theater i mean that's great something that people were ready to come back to and so it's cool okay. from from the ground level of you know you, you hear everybody say like oh you know is this dead you know is this right and even for me you know down down here at the bottom of just starting making stuff and everything yeah and the pandemic hit and, and this industry started getting hit so hard by all this i'm thinking i've strived my whole life towards this is right. this anymore is this going away you know and right it was, right it was weird to think about but um yeah working at the movie theater definitely showed me that people love going to the movies and well and that makes me yeah thank you for sharing that that gives me some hope uh in that you know it's sort of like it's not i think it's not unlike the trucking uh like system right now where it's like 
there's a lot of money to be made, but like everybody sort of knows it's going to be automated and go away. But it's like, well, but if you can spend the next 10, 20 years and provide for your family and have a nice life, like do that. Like, you know, like that's still a viable good thing. So you're right. Like, I think maybe there is hope that like, yeah, maybe eventually it'll all be streaming or it'll change rapidly, but that may be 50, 100 years away. So it's like we could have we could all have successful careers in this industry and make movies and do things before we get to that level. So then it's over. Yeah. Yeah, your kids, your grandkids, ah, who cares? Uh, we don't know. The, the world's gonna be on fire by then. Who cares? We don't, we can't be worried about that. Uh should talk more this time. I'm just vibing right a, now. You know what I'm saying? It has nothing to do with not wanting. I like it. How's your guys' mental health uh down there? It's it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm hanging in there. It's been, like I said, it's been the same. Ups and downs. We we got a you know, create a lot during everything being shut down. And with me doing music, especially like that, I mean, oh, nice. you know, I just, you can keep doing that through yeah. everything being shut down at home. So right. it, to me, it's more wild now that everything's popping back open. And it's like, oh, uh, you know, I, we played a couple shows like a month apart. And then now it's like within the last week, we're getting booked like three shows coming up. Mm-hmm. And, pretty cool but it's like damn man i'm out of shape i need to get back in shape real quick (laughs) yeah i think we also benefited from you know where you guys were were starting to get shut down and everything we we kind of benefited from that from being such a small thing we didn't really have restrictions so we could just go out and do the thing right we did and we just kind of took advantage of of the time that we had and, and the resources yeah. that we had at the moment. And, uh, you know, we made an entire show. So it's like, yeah, that's a good point. The, I mean, I think there was opportunities there during that, you know, yeah, we're all the big guys, like all the unions and everybody that had to, you know, adhere to all the letter of the law and all this stuff were shut down and couldn't do anything. People wanted, still wanted entertainment and wanted new things. So, you know, well, I the guys that did that, that they, when everything was shut down, uh, everything, like all businesses and stuff, they convinced yeah. like they that owned a theater, hey, open up today and show our movie in your theater. And that happened to be the only movie that was shown in America that day and became the number one movie in America just because no other movie was shown anywhere. That Is day. that right? I believe so. I believe so. That's wild. Grab- I didn't oh, know that. That's amazing. Because I believe this was like a real thing I saw somewhere. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's Randy saying. Randy, Randy is saying the trucking industry won't go automated until companies can figure out how to make their employees pay for the automated trucks. Well, I like that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I hope it's around for a very, very long time. I, you know, I have friends in the industry, and I know a lot, you know, like a lot of people in it, and a lot of people depend on it. You know, from the actual people who are doing the truck driving to the diners along the routes to the gas stations to the truck stops to the, you know. I mean, it's a huge, it, it's a huge part of, uh, you know, American economy that like, yeah, it's kind of scary. The other day I saw this is a bit of a tangent, but the other day I keep, I keep seeing a bunch of um, automated uh, delivery carts in LA. I've seen uh, probably three or four different brands of these little like, you know, robotic carts that are all automated and driving groceries or food deliveries. And I was like, when I see them, I'm always like, I kind of want to kick them over because <laughs> I'm kind of like this, like if this works, you know, if these things don't get trashed or, you know, the homeless don't figure out how to break into them and take groceries, like if this works, that's going to be a problem, you know, like that's going to be another, uh, you know, job that's automated and, and goes away. And I don't know. I mean, I suppose throughout all time, things get automated. We invent, you know, they invented the loom, the printing press. Yeah. We adapt, we grow. So maybe it's not all doom and gloom. Somebody, somebody's got to fix these robots. That's so. right. That's right. That's right. That's um, right. I got to get, maybe just get better at facilitating our, our tech overlords. What do they want? What do the robots want? How can I? Yeah. I'm going to ask you, what kind of performance would they like to see? <laughs> um, while he's, Googling yeah, this, yeah. Um, you know, we, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, ch- chasing your dreams and, you know, yeah. going for, you know, big things like being an actor or whatever, working in an industry like yours. And, 
you know, anything, anything, any sort of dream is always going to come with its hardships. And just kind of talking about keeping a positive attitude when those things get thrown at you along the way, you know, whether that be a pandemic, whether that be, you know, a lack of auditions or, or whatever it is. Yeah. I think um, optimism is, is, a, is just, I mean, the way I sort of perceive, or the way I think about it is whatever is happening, it's just, I have a, I have a friend and sometimes we just say to each other, well, that's something. Uh, because it's like, you know, listen, you could be in wild pain, you know, you could be going through heartbreak or you could be in love and be totally, you know, sky high. You could not have a job and not know where your next paycheck is coming from and be moments away from being kicked out. Or you could be, you know, at the premiere of something, you know, and, and like having a great moment, you know, having a bit of heat in the moment, you know, and both of those experiences are um, sort of important and shape the other. So, you know, I would say the thing that I, I would say, I'm very fortunate to have had some success early on um, and some, 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 you know, pretty, pretty decently large success early on and then have come down from that and, and had to live with that, you know, like the, the, cause you know, when you've got in the industry, you know, when you've got heat, like you're on a couple shows or some agencies come calling some bigger agencies and they want you and everybody sort you know, your star meters up and you, you know, you think, and this is all, and you think, well, I'm never coming down from here. Like it's only going up. I'm, I'm clearly going to just be the next thing. And that's it. Every, every actor out here thinks that like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be in this if you did, if every actor didn't think they're going to be the next star, I mean, a list superstar, you know, they wouldn't be doing it. Um, and I, it, I, I'm very fortunate that like early on, I sort of could see the fame and, and money adjacent um, you know, sort of being forced to see it through dating somebody who had done it and seen it. Um, it really sort of gave me a crash course in, oh, like, this is just, you know, like, there's no, there's no fewer problems when you succeed. It's just different. You know, like, like, you know, like if you, so at the height of your success, um, like right now, if I was on a show, like, Jay Hernandez is on Magnum PI right now. He's the star. He is Magnum PI. Yeah. That's pretty, as a career, like that's pretty high up there. And I watched him not, you know, have no time to, to, to figure out the scenes or do, or, or like get into the acting. He, he just, they, he wasn't afforded any time to process because they've got him doing promotional work and they've got him, you know, running from one thing to another. And of course he's happy to do it and never would say boo about it. But I, you know, I see that and I see like, my gosh, he is going, you know, 12, 16 hours a day and they're getting every bit of that check out of him. I mean, they are, you know, he is worked like a dog and most people are at that level, you know, like whether it's your physical appearance, like all those Marvel guys, like everybody sees their transformations physically. And that's it. Like, I know it's vain, but it's also incredibly difficult. Like, <laughs> Like they're, they're starving themselves every day and working out like four hours a day. And then they're trying to memorize lines and act and do all this. And then they're trying, and then they've got all this promotional work. They've got to do the, 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 all the morning talk shows and they've got to do the press tour. And they've got to also be, you know, kind and affable when they're off camera because everybody's going to comment about them and everybody's going to see them. And it is a full time 24 hour a day, you know, seven day a week thing. So, I think that my, um, how I, cause, cause it's just a numbers game. Like acting is just a numbers game at my, at where I'm at, at least, you know, I have good agents, I have good managers, I have good people. They, they get me in for whatever's out there. Um, and it's just a matter of, you have to be perfect for something because there's thousands of people out here trying to do the same thing. And, you know, it's always, there's always going to be somebody bigger. There's always going to be a first choice. There's always probably going to be a second choice. And you just have to get fortunate, lucky, you know, whatever. And you have to be great all the time and you have to get your hopes up and put all your eggs in that basket and then watch them get dashed. You know, uh, right now it's about two times a week. So about two times a week on average, I have to go all in and think I'm the best person for this job. And this is the dream role. And I'm going to research everything and, and be perfect and figure it all out and nail it. And then I nail it. And then I have to just let it go because odds are, 
I, I will only book like one in a hundred if I'm lucky. So that amount of like just sort of constant, you know, it's it doesn't become rejection anymore. It just becomes a thing. You know, it just becomes like, you know, whatever. So I think um, I I really um, I really am very uh, like I'm a I'm a Christian person, but I'm very Zen about like, you know, very like sort of Buddhist mentality about like the ups and downs. It's like, yeah, yeah man, you know, pain hurts and and, uh, you know, happiness feels good, but eh, it's all just life. It's all like, you know, like, like, I, so, oh, that's something. Oh, I'm, I, I feel horrible. Well, that's, I'm, I'm alive. I'm feeling something. Well, that's, that's where you learn the most is in those failures. I mean, we, we've definitely right. figured that out over the past year is, you know, how much we go, I mean, making summer camp was like a crash course in filmmaking. And just right. every, time, every time we failed at something, we just learned something new. You don't know what you don't know. How frustrating is it in the moment when you make something and you see it and you go, well, here's what was in my head and here's what we did and they don't line up, but we, but like, man, we're getting like, I think I, I fully, like, I fully appreciate the frustration in that. You know what I mean? It's like, man, we don't, it didn't quite line up, but if you can see the positives and see, oh, but we're getting better at this or, right. oh, I'm doing this better then like that's that, then you're, you got it. Yeah, I believe you saw Easter Sunday, at least that we did. And, and yeah. we, we you know that's uh, it was a year ago, like yeah. uh, like last week, I think. And uh, okay, yeah, we've come so far from that. Yeah, and every time oh, we do yeah. something, we're just making sure we did better than the last time. You know, and right. just take whatever we learned from that. And you know, with summer camp, that was the first time we worked with other actors that weren't just ourselves or our buddies and stuff. Right. Like you know, we actually had auditions and we did this and we did that. It was right. all new to us, and we definitely learned a lot, <laughs> yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's a. I think it's a. I think it's a shame that the dirty little secret in in Hollywood and like in the entertainment industry in general is everybody sort of. It's generally like we. Just, it's just like this silent agreement that nobody talks about. It just takes massive, constant failure. Like it, it's just that everybody has it. Everybody does it. If you look at anybody's career, directors, producers, writers, whatever, you have to fail, 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 fail a thousand times. And eventually, if you're good and you know what you're doing and you tried or whatever, then you might, there's a chance you might, you know, make something that we, might strike gold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we, we've taken a kind of, I feel like an opposite approach from other people where it's like we set our ambitions very high. Like we, we're like, this is what we want to make, but right. we're willing to get what we get out of it. You know, like we're, right. you know, people like at this moment in time, we're still learning, you know, so it's like, we want to make this crazy ass show. We're going to do what we can to hit all that and whatever we can't, we will creatively figure it out. And at this point, you know, summer camp, the final product did not turn out the way it was originally conceived, but like the original storyline and everything, like we're planning on turning it into a comic book. So it's like that yeah. story will get out there and it's like, yeah. we've got this version now too. We do yeah. have a question here for you. If he may, what was the most tragic rejection you've had? Was there a role where you were truly heartbroken to lose or not get it? You know what? Uh, it's a good question because uh, I don't think, I think every time I got my hopes up, it was, um, it sort of, it, it, well, I guess let me put it this way because I think it's it's uh, not it's not accurate to say every time I felt like it was a I I was right and it was I, I was dead positive that I was gonna get something I got it that's not probably accurate that's not I hindsight I may think that in my own you know positive thinking head right. but in, in reality I'm sure there were things that I thought my gosh I'm perfect for this but truth be told there's so many of them that get rejected. I've had so many of those that it's water off a duck's back at this point. Like, I can't, I honestly can't tell you how many times I have read a script, seen a project, 
read because every you know my appointment sheets the agency managers send me a whole breakdown of everything i look everything up i read the script i decide if i'm going to do it i figure out who's doing it i figure out what they what i look at their past work i see sort of their tone or what they want then i have to you know do the actual acting work on the character figure out what i want and it takes a herculean effort every time so every time you have to think like i'm perfect for this this is the dream i have to be so you have to get so up for it to do all that to put all that effort in and then it just sort of goes away and I, so at this point, I think the reason why I've been able to stick around this long and just sort of, you know, consistently, you know, a couple times a year, get lucky enough to book something and, and, and work is because I've always sort of known that no matter how much I think I'm perfect, no matter how, you know, heartbroken I am about something or, th you know, like it, something I really get excited for and it doesn't work um it always at the end of the day i'm always able to go well on to the next one um but i think if he wants but to answer the question more uh specifically i will tell him uh that i did i just did a audition to play uh young rick flair uh the the rock has a tv show young rock and yeah. so they were auditioning they had a, a bunch of young they they early on in the first season, they had hired some people to do young uh, wrestle, young versions of the wrestlers. And then they sort of fired them for whatever reason. I think they wanted more. I think they had hired it. Was, it shoots in Australia. And I think they, they hired a bunch of Aussies and they I'm sure they were good. But I think they they for whatever reason went to Hollywood or, you know, like they they did more of an open casting call because I think the, the show is pretty successful. And they were like, OK, let's spend some money and let's do whatever. So. Uh, I had, and I was really excited about it because I had I had spent I did a movie with Roddy Piper, um, and we got to hang out and I spent a fair amount of time with him, and he was like just amazing to me. And we like we we shot this thing up in in the hills up here where it snows in Idlewild, and he needed help. Like he it was a snowstorm, he couldn't get down the mountain. So I I was like he's like hey you know you want to help me get down the mountain? He's like this little grizzled. I mean he's great. He's an amazing guy. So I helped him like guide him down the mountain and like he. He bought me McDonald's on the way down. We just chatted and had like this long day. Anyway, I like I was, you know, I was born in the 80s. Like I'm a I remember Hulkamania and, and you know, all those cartoons and everything. So it was a huge thrill for me. But that was one. It was just I want to say it was during I want to say it was during the maybe this. I mean, this was maybe like eight months ago or something. But um, that one was a specific time where I really had a hard time figuring out how does because rick flair's a real weird character like he's a weird dude and his mannerisms and stuff <laughs> exactly he's a weird like he's a he's a hard guy to get his things down and i sort of figured out like how he moved his mouth and how he talked and i sort of got it down and felt good about it and i was like oh this is oh i sort of keyed in i think i figured out how i could do a version of him that seemed like you know sort of sort of paid homage to the young version of him and so I was really excited about it and, you know, didn't hear anything back. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Like the charisma that he has, it would be hard to, like, copy that yeah. charisma. Yeah. And you play. think he's just like, yeah, he's, you think he's been, but he's, he's, like, from Minnesota. So he's got this weird Minnesota thing that he right. and is, like, lil, but it's, like, barely noticeable. And then his, his the way he says things, he's just, he just, it's almost like he's got a weird, uh, speech impediment and he's just like you talk shit here i can't do it anymore I, it took me a long time to figure it out but i but i yeah that was one that was tragic i was really upset about it because i was like man i would have loved to do that and i would have had to pack on some pounds because he was a big boy um but i would have done it happily you know to, to get the chance to do it but <laughs> failed it happens it happens, yeah. When you're explaining that, it's almost like, you know, the process you go through as a musician and stuff. Of course, like every song I create, I think is awesome. And I yes, really yeah, it. top uh, 10 on the billboard. Yeah, every yeah. It's like all these songs, like if I put everything into every song I did and all my emotion behind it was just, you know, I used to do that when I was younger and putting out music. Like I'd be like, everybody's right. going to listen to this. Everybody's going to love this song. And then like maybe five people would listen to it. And I'd be like, damn, right. that's it. Really? Like this was the it's one. Crushing. Yeah, and then now That's it's crushing. 
you just go in and you just make songs that you're feeling and, and you, you give, I just do my best on everything. And then, Hey, yeah. if something pops off, it pops off. I'll strike my gold. And, right. right. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, you know what? That's interesting. I think most artists are like that. It's like, you, you have to, you have to go all in. You just mm -hmm. have to go all in. It's like, even though, you know, like, I think knowing that it's not going to work, it does get tougher to stay up for it. I think you see a lot of older, here's a sidebar, but an interesting story. So my old agency, uh, Bauman, and Redanti and Shaw, um, they, for a hot minute, they, um, who's uh, amazing, oh gosh, um, uh, Dinosaurs, uh, The Fly. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. So Jeff Goldblum was with a big agency and wasn't getting work and wasn't booking things, left them, went to my small boutique agency, and they had to have a talk with him because they had to figure out, okay, why is this guy, he's a mega star, he's been in Jurassic Park, he's been in all these things and he's not booking. Nobody, and why is that? So they had that like talk to casting offices and figure out like what's going on here. And so they had a meeting with him and they found out through talking to offices and like meeting with other people that he had gotten bitter. He had gotten, you know, he was bitter because he should have been Harrison Ford. He should have been, you know, whoever was the number one. He's a tall, strapping, handsome guy who's funny, charming. He was, you know, he's in Jurassic Park. He's in the fly. Like he had a trajectory to be the, the man, you know, like, and he wasn't getting those roles. And he got really bitter with the industry, with the whole thing. And so he had to have that, they had to have that meeting with him and sort of have a come to Jesus moment of like, hey man, for whatever reason, you're not loving it and people can see it and it doesn't, that's why you're not, you know, booking this stuff. And so he, to his credit, you know, you know, figured out, figured out whatever he needed to do to get in that place to enjoy, to love what he did again. And then he took off again. And then of course, as actors do, he immediately dropped my old agency and went back with one of the big guys <laughs> once they rehabilitated his career. But uh, yeah, but that's a perfect example of like, sometimes it's, as you get older, it gets harder to get up, especially artistically for all these things, you know? And it's like, you, I think it takes a certain, I don't know, maybe it's craziness. I don't know what it is, but hey, on Mental Health Monday. I'm, I'm a big, uh, I don't know. I, I push all the time with uh, myself, all the artist friends around me that like, you know, whatever you're doing, make sure you're passionate about it because it shows in the work. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, example that I use often is, um, Rob Zombie when he directed uh, the Halloween movies. Um, okay. The first Halloween movie was his baby. I mean, he poured his heart and soul into that. You can you can tell. Okay. He did not want to do the second movie. He he had no desire to do that second movie. The studio wanted the second movie, and and you can tell. You can tell really? that just kind of did whatever with it. And I mean, he I mean he got crazy with it. He's like, well, fuck it. If I if I have to make a second one, I'm gonna do whatever I want with it. But you can right. tell the passion isn't there quite like it was in the in the first movie. He never had right. any intention of doing that second movie. The studio wanted the second movie. So Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, you can totally I mean listen, you can you're right. I think you can totally see it. Everybody can see it. If you're not passionate, like if the it, I mean you can and you can tell all the movies that get made that are like agency packaged deals, you can tell. The audience can tell. Like, okay, we get it. And it might still be good, it might still be entertaining. You know, there might be a charming person in the lead who's, you know, good and, and you know, makes it entertaining. But, yeah, you can tell when it's, like, just well, business. Like, a, a good recent example, I feel like. Like, you know, we're both Marvel fans and everything. We usually go yeah. to the theater. We always hit the IMAX whenever a comic book movie you know, yeah. hits. We were amongst many people who said, I'm going to pass on Morbius because it was very much just, you know, Sony doing what Sony does with Spider-Man all the time, which is, yeah. this is what we have. Come yeah. and watch Spider-Man stuff. We're going to, like, you know, just try to yeah. use Spider-Man to our biggest advantage. And so much of that feels like a cash grab, where it's like this, yeah. the Spider-Man stuff over at Marvel feels passionate. You know, Kevin Feige puts a lot of passion into this stuff, and it's felt, right. whereas, you know, Sony stuff specifically just feels like it's just, they're just, just trying to get that Spider-Man money. Yeah. Well, here's a so here's a little inside thing. So Sony um, traditionally is very good to talent. They traditionally will pay 
your rate and 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 treat people fairly. So all the agencies know that. And so I think, I mean, this is a little uh, dirty, you know, secret that, you know, I don't know. Uh, but like agencies take advantage of Sony and they will package together things and put together things and get them to make things because it is money. And, and you know, most agencies are great at figuring out the money, figuring out, well, what will people make? And a perfect example is Morbius. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's real, like, I'm, I'm sure I know people that worked on the set. I'm sure I know people that are part of it. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Like you can't, nobody's going to deny that it's bad. And yet it made money. It made money. If you look at the box office and the international, it made money. So, you know, these they, these agents and, and like the, the, the people that are like in charge of and represent the biggest people, the biggest directors, the biggest actors, a lot of times they will, you know, like Sony is genuinely... I think a really good company, like they really take care of their talent. They really pay people the proper amount. And I think a lot of times these big agencies take advantage of that and put things together over there that they know will be a cash cow. And they don't really care like what the quality is. And they're, and you're right. They're not passionate about it. Right. Um, but Sony, the executives of Sony trust, they go, well, we're not the art artists. Like we trust these people to, that, that are the artists. And so if they're passionate, they're, you know, whatever, then we'll do it and we'll pay them and we'll make that. And so I think that's what's happened with the, with the Spider-Man stuff. Like Venom, Tom Hardy's great. Michelle Williams is great. Like they put great people in to, all together and it's never the sum. It never is as good as the sum of its parts, you know, because it's just, you know, it's kind of what the agent, like the, you know, all the big agencies, you know, the big four or whatever kind of do. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of sad. So like on that it's side, it's kind of sad. I feel for Sony in that that they just they just want to make movies and they don't and they don't you know like it's a shame that I think a lot of the bigger agencies sort of take advantage of them, you know, it's willing to make that angle on it because I I enjoy Sony as a company other than when they're handling the Spider Man stuff because it just seems right. like they've got no grasp on it whatsoever. Right. Don't want to let it go to Marvel. They're just like, this is yeah. all we have. Like, please don't take this. As yeah, far yeah, as yeah. the franchise goes, uh, I feel like it's their biggest one they got. And I don't blame yeah, them. They, blame them. Yeah, they sort of relinquish what's that? control. I said I don't blame them for wanting to not relinquish control over to Marvel. Yeah. It is there. Yeah, it's huge you know? money. Huge money. They're like, well, we're obviously going to keep making these. So, you know, give us a script. And I think, man, yeah, you're right, though. God. I thought... Venom, I was disappointed in. Venom 2, you know, also not, you know, not, you know, like they have great, it, it's it's a shame because it's such great, you know, they they have, they get all these great people and then they just, the stories are not, you know, uh, the quality. And then Morbius, good, good gosh. Jared Leto can't catch a break when it comes to comic books. Yeah. It's, it's true. You really can't, man. I mean, he's. You know, he's trying, I think he, he's doing whatever he can do with the material. You know, I just think, good gosh, the material was so not there. Also, it's, I think it should be a positive thing for all of us hopeful future filmmakers and storytellers uh, that this stuff gets made because it's like, well, they're clearly desperate for, <laughs> for good storytellers. There's plenty of that. There's plenty of movies I see all the time that I'm like, oh, we're good. We get, we got yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. If this hey. gets made, we can get we can get funded for. There's something. so many streaming channels. There's so many options. If you make good quality stories, somehow, some way, you'll find you know you'll somebody will find you and go, hey, we we need it. We need content. Like, what do you got? So that's so that's optimistic. That's a positive uh, aspect of it. Uh, yeah. Oh, I got an update from earlier. Yeah, okay. I found that. Um, let's see here. Let me get these guys' name. It's in West Hampton Beach, New York. Uh, Long Island filmmaker, uh, despite the feed is being closed, Christian Nielsen. That's but, great. Christian Nielsen. Yeah, he said uh, him and a friend. It was the only movie out at the time. Like, it was just. Him and a friend on YouTube were talking about how the movie theaters were all closed due to the pandemic. And he said they joked about if they put a film in the theater, it would instantly be the like top in the box office. Right. So, what they did was they said that this is 
what the film distribution world calls four walling is they bought, they rented a theater, bought all the seats within the theater and then played their film that they, uh, a, a, a horror short uh, called unsubscribe that they filmed a week later, like the following week over zoom. And, uh, they wow. said that they played it in the theater. The next day it was number one box office movie in America as reported by the numbers. And that eventually IMDb uh, contacted them being like, we don't think that uh, there was actors in it. So they proved that to them. And then finally the box office mojo. They acknowledged. Wide, yeah. Widely recognized box office tracker tracker had them as number one for their movie. So yeah. They, That's awesome. They ended That's up. a great story. Yeah, so the, where there's a will, there's a way to you know make a boom and make a pop and, and make a yeah, pop. and that just yeah. goes to show like yeah, if you just keep going out there and not taking failure as an option, just letting that roll off, right. going out there, you never know which one's going to be the one that gets all eyes on you. Right, right, yeah, yeah, and I think I think to tie into that, like I think the message, I think the positive message of like if just keep going, like, you know, have hope, be hopeful and, and, you know, continue to do what you're doing. I think the positive message is that you should always, like, if that, if you are, if, if you're confident that that is currently making you happy, then that's the key. I think there's a lot, I think there's people that chase people that do um, a lot, whether it's music or movies or TV or, or anything. I think some people chase the future of a thing like, well, I hate, I'm not happy now, but if I keep doing it, then eventually I'll have this. Yeah, and I right. think, I think, yeah, I think the secret, especially to like mental health is just contentment in all things. So it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it is good to strive and want to have more and do more and be better. But if you don't love what you're doing in that moment, you know, whatever that art is or whatever that thing is, you're not going to love it when you have wild success. Right. Like yeah. you're not, you know, so it's like, we it's said crazy. It well, see, this is crazy. Cause I just watched the Tony Hawk documentary the other night. Oh, I haven't seen it. Is it good? It's very good. And this okay. was kind of, this was like one of the first parts that they were speaking of. Cause you know, when he was like 16 and you know, 14, 15, 16, that's when he got like worldwide fame and okay. you know, he's beating all these guys, every competition, he's number one, number one, number one. And they're, you know, Stacey Peralta sitting there talking like, you know, what do you do at 16 when you achieve your top dream in life and you're right. doing that and then realizing like, yeah, where do you go? Fun. This I'm not having fun. I'm not making friends here because they're like, cool. He showed up. He's just going to win. You know right. what I'm saying? So like, and then, you know, it, like with, with him and his journey, it seemed like he realized his competition was only going to be with within himself from that point on. And if, okay. he's, already, if he's already hit dreams, well, now he can just start going crazy. And that's when he started inventing all these tricks. And in my oh, opinion, wow. cementing himself as a legend in life. Right. So right. They, like I said, it goes it goes to show you that, that you know, it, you know, I just lost my train of thought, man. You got to look. doing it. Yeah. Like doing it no matter what. Doing it because you love it, not because it's a competition. Yeah. And, when, yeah, and you realize, you know, you're not having fun and you're not loving yeah. what you do. It's not out of the norm to take a step back yeah. and regrouping yourself and realizing what the yeah. real deal is. You know? Yeah. I mean, if right. we've, if we've talked about it once. We've talked about it a million times on the show about how Shep and I doing this. It's like every three months we, it's like clockwork. Every three months we have to kind of take a step back and uh, just kind of check ourselves and make sure that we're happy with what we're doing. Cause sometimes we, will fall into that, you know, whether it's like, okay, well, people like this, so let's do more of that. It's like, well, we don't like doing that. It doesn't make us happy. Right. You know? And so, right. uh, and that's usually our, you know, the least amount of quality comes out of that and everything. Yeah. And so, tell. yeah, and it, it shows in the work. So we always make sure that whatever we're doing is something we want to be doing. That, that makes yeah. us, that brings us joy that we want to see, you know, and that's right. how I've always operated as a writer. It's like, you know, I'm writing stories that I want to see, you know, right. And, I know people out there, not everybody's going to want to see it, but there are people who will want to see it because right. I watch all sorts of stuff, whether it's indie, Marvel, what have you. I, I watch some weird shit, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I know that I'm, I'm a fan of things like this. So, 
yeah for sure oh i think yeah i think you'll find your audience you know what i mean like i think people find your audience you'll find like if you are and you know listen i get it you know you got ever at the end of the day you got to pay the bills like not all of us can be independently wealthy like you know god love you if you are like you know if you you know if you have a trust fund or some rental properties or whatever like and you can just make art and never make a dime on it great go you know like like i said i i don't i don't wish anybody you know like i don't want i i, I think that's great like i i fully am happy with it for those people but for the rest of us that have to find a way to pay the bills you know it's like yeah like that you have to find that balance of like okay I'm going, you know, like I want to make art and I want to create art, but I know like the vast majority of people who are artists don't pay the bills doing that. They got to find some other way, do some whatever. So, okay, you find, do whatever you can do that affords you the most time to continue your art and continue to do what you love because that's what you love. And, you know, if you can someday get to a point where you can do that and pay the bills with that, great. But if not, that's great too. Like, don't stop. Like, yeah. just, you know, like, don't stop just because, well, you know, because I think that happens a lot, too, where people get to a point and they go, well, I got to pay the bills. And so I'm going to take the most, the biggest job I can that pays the most. And most jobs that pay the most also take the most amount of time, you know, so it's like, it, so you can chase the money or you can chase, you know, the art uh, to the to the most extent. But I think the I think the best life is probably somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? The most content life where it's like you should continue to chase your art, but also be able to make pay the bills and make a living, but not so fall so in love with paying the bills and making money that you go full tilt that way and forget about your art. Because I think that, I, you know, sadly, I think that's sort of the tragedy of the majority of adulthood in general. You know what I mean? Like adult, when you think of adults, you think of people who sort of just let their art die. You know, they maybe they used to play the piccolo or they used to, you know, they used to do great, you know, whatever sculptures or, you know, paint or whatever. And, and they haven't done it in years. And it's yeah. like, man, that's sad. Like, well, doing, uh, doing summer camp, like I, I, I know I personally was hit with like a lot of reality of what it is that I've been pursuing this whole time. I had to ask myself, like, is, is this what you want to do? Right. And I think I think it does kind of come in waves like those people, because like everybody wants to be a musician. Everybody wants to be an actor. Everybody wants to make movies. you know. Um, and there's like that first wave of people that like just never do it, you know, right. and they, like, they never move forward. Yeah, they see it and they go, OK, I see that that's cool. I'm not even going to try that. Yeah. And then, and then once they, you know, they're the people who see the reality of the situation, they're like, fuck that. That's way right. too that is not what I want to do, and because yeah. it work, it's a lot of work. You, um, you, kind, you kind of said this earlier on the show, but we, when we talked on the phone the other day, uh, you know what you said about all these problems we have now. You know, I could win an Oscar someday, and the day after I win that Oscar, all those problems are still going to be there waiting yeah. on set. You know, it'll be yeah. all the same work. It's still work. Yeah, exactly. I think. Yeah, I really liked. Yeah, when we when we talked on the phone the other day, it, it is a. It is a good, it's a nice thing to sort of be aware of. I mean, for me too, and for everybody, I think that that works, that wants to like entertain people. It's like, listen, whether you're on the street on Santa Monica juggling for people or whether you are, you know, like I said, you know, on stage on Broadway um, dancing for people, um, both of those things bring their own troubles and their own stresses and, you know, yeah, I think there is a minimum amount of of financial health you need to be to exist and not, you know, not be destitute and not be so stressed out. So that's fair. But I think it's all the same. And like, you know, like we talked about, I think it's good to to keep that in mind that like, yeah, what where you're at now um versus the guy, you know, where the guys are who are making an indie and, you know, won the short film category this year for the Oscars or or the guys that whatever that, you know, you're the same. There's no difference. And it's like, I think from the Midwest, especially, we sort of have to, I, I, I think it takes a certain mentality to to realize that. Because I think a lot of people in the Midwest just go, well, those are the other, those are the shiny people and we aren't them. So yeah. we have to work and they get to do the fun, like the beautiful people, the rich people, they go do the fun stuff and we don't get to do any of that. And right. it's like, well, you we're no different. We're the same humans. We're, they're no different. It's just access. You, you know, like if you were born 
in you know Hollywood High School and doing what you're doing, you would be you would yes you'd be having more financial success and more whatever just by proxy of where you live. But a lot of times the grind makes you makes you better, makes your stuff better, and you appreciate it more. So it's like you know it's it's they're they're the same they're just different. You know it's like you could have more your early success, but not have the joy, not have the not have that high because you didn't have the low. So you don't know how how hard it is. But or you can go the long way and have that low, and it's incredibly difficult. But when you get when you know, when you achieve some success or have some you know somebody acknowledge that you're you're good, it's it feels so much better than if you had never you know had to struggle. So it's like eh, you know I, I I know plenty of people in my industry who are doing the same job I am and who were born very fortunate and didn't have to struggle and you know had parents that were in it or did whatever and i don't begrudge them because they just it's just different and they'll never know you know like they'll never have the lows and that's great but they'll also never have the highs and that's too bad you know so and my my girlfriend and i were just talking earlier about uh, you know, she does photography and you know she's been told that you know, I'm like, okay, well, you, you can't make a living doing that. And I'm like, you know, I think that's just kind of a, a mentality here in the Midwest because all of that is so far away from us. Yeah. And here in the Midwest, people are a little more discouraging of things like that, a little more practical, I think, is a better way to put it. Yeah, that's so that, true. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. That's the, you can do that, but it's more of a hobby. Like, people will treat it like it's a hobby, but they won't treat it like it's a serious career path. Sort yeah, of you have to be your own cheerleader. For, right. For yeah. Yeah. That's, I think you, I think that is spot on. I think it takes more, you have to have more confident. You have to be more assured than, than anybody else. You know, like you have to just know without a doubt, like, no, 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 this is what I'm going to do. And I'm really good at that. And I think that it, you know, I think it can be detrimental if there is no, um, if you get no positive feedback on that. Like if you spend your whole life thinking, no, I've got to do this no matter what. And everybody's telling you, you're not good at this. This is not your thing. Then that's a mental health issue. Like that's, you know, that you got to look at that and go, okay, maybe that's not my path. But I I can't tell you how many like little kernels, little things along the way that I, my brain has to pull out to keep going, you know? So like you guys, you know, like when you, when you have, uh, even, you know, the, the, the YouTube channel or the movies that you're making or, or the scripts that you're writing or all this stuff. It's like, you know, if they're somewhere along the way, somebody, you know, sees something or reads a script or watches a thing or, you know, uh, sees you guys work a set and, and goes, Hey, you're, you know, you're good at this or, Hey, this, you know, like you've got something here man, like, yeah, hold on to those, you know, positive things. And like, cause then you sort of know, okay, I'm not insane. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't need to be committed. Yeah. Like, this is what I'll do. And truth be told, even if nobody approved, if you still loved doing it, who cares? Exactly. Like you've won, you've won life. Like how many people, there are so many, there are so many people out there that are working a job, getting paid incredibly well, have wife and kids or, or, you know, husband and kids and, and are all looking at you guys going, man, I, I wish I could do that. Yeah. Like, I wish I just did it. I wish I just made movies or wrote stuff because that's, I've always wanted to do that. And I never had, you know, I never did it. So it's like, no matter what your financial health situation or what your location or what your job or whatever you have to do, you know, your time stresses or whatever, if you're doing what you love uh, and like, and genuinely like love the thing that you're doing, not just what it could be, then I think that's sort of the secret to life. You know what I mean? Like you've, you've done it. You're there. You've, you've already reached the height. Yeah. Well, and that, and I think that's fine too. And I do know a lot of people like that who were like, listen, I, I want to, I just want to work and I want to make, you know, enough to provide for my family and have my weekends and enjoy life. I think, yeah, you're, I mean, that's also, I don't think that's the Midwest. I think that is like the wild majority of humans on the earth. They're like, yeah, like it's life is fun. Like I want to make, you know, whatever, whatever the economy tells me I do well, I'm going to do that and make the money and then I'm going to travel and enjoy and have fun. Randy did throw in another question earlier here. 
whether you want to get into that question or not, we'll, we'll leave that to you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the most difficult was, uh, and I think he knows this, um, uh, the guy, um, Bobby, uh, Robert Carradine. I think, oh, I, think yeah. I, I believe we got into this the last time. You yeah, the yeah, yeah. I told you last time. But I think by far, I think it's, you know, he's by far the most insane, difficult actor ever. And it's, I hope, I my my optimistic theory is that it was a moment in time for him. You know what I mean? Like, he normally doesn't bring a gun to a set. He normally doesn't throw people out of makeup chairs. He normally doesn't hold up production for an hour to take a kid to Red Lobster uh, because he showed up late to set and he wanted to teach him what it, what it meant to be an actor or something. Uh, he normally doesn't uh, berate and cuss out crew. Uh, he normally doesn't get written off of, uh, yeah, doesn't get written off of a movie because he's so difficult. Uh, yeah, yeah, Revenge of the Nerds man himself. I think, and he, to his credit, or as much credit as you can give him, after it was all said and done, he tried to reach out to all the cast and crew to apologize. He he said he was trying to be method. He was, you know, he was playing the killer and trying to do a, a thing and trying to make it special. And I can respect that and appreciate it, but man, yeah, that was, it was by far the most crazy difficult actor I had worked with on a set. Uh, not, not, nobody's close. Nobody comes close to that. Most actors are, are gracious and wonderful and the higher up on the food chain, the nicer. Like case in point, uh, I just working on, um, working on uh, uh, HBO, uh, this thing I just did. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it was wild, 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 wild. We, the sheriff's office had to come to set for the remainder of the shoot in fear that he would show up with a gun and something horrible would happen. But I digress. Uh, so the show Perry Mason is uh, the production company's Robert Downey Jr.'s production company. And they are um, fantastic. Like he is, you know, arguably he's the, was, you know, is the highest paid actor in Hollywood right now. Is like the biggest name, the biggest whatever. And he couldn't be better at his job. Like he couldn't be, you know, everything that he touches is really high quality. Like they, that set, they knew what everything costs and they paid who, you know, whoever they needed to pay and they hired the people that needed for every job to be done perfectly. And the, 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 from the costumes to the set design, um, everything was uh, perfect, was just fantastic. And it's like, you can tell those, you know, those people that are that high up, like they got that high up for a reason like they're they're genuinely like genuinely good people most of the time and always great at their job always great like so the right stuff was a show on disney plus that got canceled but uh i was in the early part of that and got to go through all the prep work with them because i was in the pilot episode so i spent you know weeks in orlando shooting that and that was appian way which is leonardo dicaprio's production company and he is great like that production company takes the time, spends the money, does whatever they need to do to make sure that everything is done, you know, to the best of, you know, the best that it can be. And it shows, you know, sometimes things don't work out, but like, you know, like they put their best foot forward and they don't skimp on anything and not just money, but like time and effort and people, you know? So it like, yeah, the higher up you get, the, the more, the more you see that, generally there's like really great people making really great stuff. And then there's a mountain of middlemen and agencies and, and bureaucrats and everybody who hide the good people and like keep them buried. And then there's a bunch of great creators on the bottom writing really good scripts and making really good stuff and hoping to get, and, and, and when those two can fight through all the BS in Hollywood and meet each other, that's when you get, you know, whatever Pulp Fiction, you know what I mean? Like that's when you get, you know, these small, uh, you know, great creators in touch with these great artists and actors who are genuinely good people and great at their jobs. And when that happens, like you get really, you know, fantastic production. But I don't know what that has to do with mental health, except Robert Carradine was in fact an insane person on that set. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the mental health Monday part of that.
Well, we're coming to our time here, so uh, closing thoughts. Uh, closing thoughts. The new music is lovely. Uh, the uh, I like I like the background. It's very it's very office. I like the, the library in the back. You guys look very very serious, very studious. I uh, I still have my my janky uh, desk and, and janky spare office room, so I gotta I gotta work on my uh, style. We're we're getting there, upgrading where we can. It's been a year, so uh, hopefully we can all uh, maybe next year uh, we'll get together and it will will vastly improve. Who knows? Who knows where we'll be? You guys may be on the Oscar red carpet next year. My my goal is to get there by the hundred, so we got when we got a little bit of time. What, what was the last one? What was this one? 94, I think. Today okay. 96? I don't know. Okay. That's not crazy. That's not, yeah. that's doable. I said, I, I said at the beginning of 2020 that uh, I had a five year plan. I, I went the Wu Tang Clan route and basically, okay. like, risen <laughs> the Wu Tang Clan, give me five years, we'll all go to the top. And, there you uh, go. Lead the charge. And so far, what well, this is like year two, mm -hmm. roughly. Yeah. And, uh, it's five years, and I had like six or seven before the hundredth Oscars. So you know, we we got the time. We got plenty the time. of time. Plenty of time. And I think the I think the 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 thing that I think anybody uh, who watches this or is watching it needs to know is that like that is not uh, bullshit. I'm going to say. Uh, I'm gonna cuss. Sorry. It's it's that is not some. That is not that is not some silly pipe dream bull. And I'm not. Uh, being uh, patronizing or being like uh, disingenuous by saying that that's a real thing because I have seen it. I had an ex-girlfriend who I'm dear friends with to this day. She was in a short film that won the Oscar for short live action. She was in, she was, she played uh, um, uh, Robert F. Kennedy. She played uh, Jacqueline Onassis Kennedy in LBJ, a Rob Reiner movie. She like, and these are just people who are like just working, working at you're just a working actress. And yeah, like her, like that movie won an Oscar. So, and this, and that guy, the guy that made it was no different, you know, just trying to create stuff and make stuff. And I think it is, I think it's important for people to know that, you know what I mean? Like that it's not, it's not bull. It's not, there's no pipe dream. Like everybody, anybody from anywhere, no matter what, and, and I especially, you know, we talked about the Midwest mentality. I think it's important for Midwest people to hear that and know that, that like nobody's different. Like, yeah, there's different access and yeah, it's easier, you know, easier path for a lot of people, but the easier path also means it's not going to be as good. You know, you're not going to have to work as hard. And so it's, you're not going to get as good and it's not, you know, so I think I genuinely think um, it's not crazy to say you guys couldn't create something or write a script or you know produce something or something that gets worldwide recognition and you get to a place where you can do this and just pay the bills doing it and whether it's at the hot whether you're whether that means you're working for like shutter or whatever that whatever that horror film streamer is right. shutter yeah whether it's that and you're just making movies on that or you're you know making movies with whatever russell crowe and accepting oscars like it's all the same and it's all possible so, yeah, man. If you got the connect over at Adult Swim, you let us know because we've had <laughs> our, we've had our eyes on them for the past year. Now. Adult Swim. I'm trying to think if I know. I know I know one girl who does uh, animation shows and writes comedies for anime, and I think some of her stuff's been on Adult Swim. So maybe there's a there's a live action void over there, just ready for Chase and Ship to fill it. So okay, Adult Swim stuff. Okay, okay. I'll keep my I'll keep my eye out. I'll, I'll send her a note. See, I know some crazy guys from the Midwest right up your alley. Right up your alley. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So I'd say, you know, Chef, closing thoughts for you. Uh, if you're not passionate about doing something, uh, you know, take a step back and think about it. You know, to me, all the greatest people, actors, musicians, anything, are probably people that really just loved what they were doing. You know, they love making music and then. You know, the product that we all enjoyed was just that. They were just loving what they were at and where they were at in life. So try to be content with what you want to do and you'll love doing it. Amen. Thank you, Randy, for being so... Uh, yeah, appreciate the questions and for tuning in. Yeah, yeah that was great.
Somebody's somebody's got to lead the charge. Everybody's shy. All these people watching. We see the counter up here. And <laughs> the only person brave enough to ask the the, the hard hitting questions. Although right? yes, stop in with the Rick Flair. That's true. Right? Yes, that's true. Put me on the spot. I hope I hope Robert Carradine and his family now doesn't come after me. Ah, I know, or us by extension, because this is the second time this has come up on our show. Oh, so, you guys, I'm sending them straight to your guys. If he shows up with a gun, I'm just sending him straight to you. That's fine. We'll make a we'll make something out of it. We'll, yeah. <laughs> He'll be in on for a great documentary. But uh, well, Tyler, it's, it's been great, great talking. Yeah, to likewise, you. guys. Always love chatting with you anytime. Yeah, let me know. Uh, definitely, you know, we've we've leveled up a little bit. So, you know, maybe in a year's time we'll we'll see where we all are then, you know. Yeah, yeah. hey, listen, I think the dream would be to do, you know, get to a point where we could uh, all do something. That'd be super fun. Yeah. One of, the, one of these days. One of these days. We'll be there. We'll get there. I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you. Thanks, everybody, for, for joining us. Thank you again, Tyler. Yeah. Monday. Thanks, everybody. Oh, I have the music turned down. We're not that good yet, even after you.